137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange, and all the latest celebrity paranormal gossip. Yeah, That's right, totally. folks. Move over to each true Hollywood guy. story and get the hell out of the way, TMZ, <clears throat> because the PPP is your destination for all the hottest celebrity paranormal encounters. How long, <laughs> how long did it take you to write that? Uh, while you were getting your uh, microphone figured out. Don't yeah. get jelly, Rob. Yeah, totes with goats. <laughs> so that's right, guys. Episode 36 is all about celebrity paranormal encounters. Some good, some bad. And some were the best I ever had. <laughs> hey, jealousy. Don't do that. So, yeah, how's everybody been? It's been two weeks since we did this last. Yeah. yeah. I've been good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to bite the bullet, and on Thursday, Jeffrey and I are going to go watch uh, The Dark Tower. And then. Ooh. God. Why? Just so that I can, like, I don't know, fuel my own fire to bitch about it some more. The best, some... Way, the best way to fuel your fire is not to spend money on that piece of shit. Well, it'll probably be her money that we're going to spend on that piece of shit, so. That's even worse oh. that you would subject her to that. You're a terrible person. Yeah, and a user. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? You may enjoy it. If you like it, good for you. Rob's giving a definitive no by the shake of his head. Hey, you're not part of this quartet, okay, Sean? What, the what? What's that word what? mean? Only a real Dark Tower uh, fan would know that. Rob and I are in this quartet, right. not you. Thank you, say. Yeah. Uh. Right. Are you sure you pronounced the word right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. There we go. Well, awesome. With that, we should go ahead and jump into the news. New, 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 new. Was that me that was going first? I guess <laughs> it you. was. Yep. <laughs> Bam! Coming at you from NASA. There is a new job out there for everybody, and it is a planetary protection officer, and it comes with a generous salary. NASA is seeking a new planetary protection officer tasked with defending the Earth from alien life. More uh, specifically, the job's main concern is avoiding biological contamination in human and robotic space exploration. Yeah. That sounds more boring than it should be. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) When you say planetary protection officer, you know, I think about the, you know, some kind of guy that's out there just like, yeah, I'm going to get this job. Pretty easy paycheck. There's no aliens. Sit back. And instead, it's like, yeah, you got to make sure space mud doesn't get in this shit. Yeah, so <laughs> basically, you're like, you would have an office that, uh, like, in, like, what, low Earth orbit or something, and you'd have to go out there and fucking wipe down the space shuttle. <laughs> like, sorry, I got all the germs off. It's safe to land. Hey, um, has anybody got any Windex? I'll get these windows while I'm out here. <laughs> uh, the job no. comes with a hefty salary range of $124,000 to $187,000 per year. Based on experience. Based off experience. <laughs> App, uh, Which is hilarious because this is the first time this job's ever been offered. Yeah. Right. Uh, applications have been open to U.S. citizens since July and will be closing mid-August. 
Uh, but uh, let's see. What does it say for job qualifications? Dun, 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 dun. We should all three apply. <laughs> we should. We don't, even though we don't have any of the qualifications. I, I would be the asshole that gets the job because he lied on his application. <laughs> And I'll be like, yeah, easy paycheck, sit down, with my, sit at the desk, put my feet up on a table. Right. All of a sudden, I look up in the sky and I see UFOs descending and be like, oh, shit. Is this my job? Do, do I cover this? Because I'm not, I'm not sure this was on my uh, resume here. I, I know I'm planetary protection officer. I thought I was just cleaning windows and shit. What's this? Yeah, that's what you do. You, you hold up your badge and you're like, hold on, aliens. Let me uh, check your spacecraft real quick. You're like wiping I it down. I need to see. I need to and, see your. I need to see your uh, documentation. Are you illegal aliens? You'd be, you'd be like You're Tommy clean. Boy on the first day on the job, talking into your fucking fan. <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> All right. So or the, the fucking right Paul candidate. <laughs> so the right candidate needs to have. Experience in space programs and uh, of national significance. So if you don't, I've played already, asteroids. Yeah, <laughs> space invaders. If you invaders. don't already work for NASA, you're fucked. And the top of as far as like degree goes, that or the candidate needs to have a degree in physics, engineering, or math. And the job also requires secret security level clearance. So you have to be pretty uh, wah, wah. high up there to be qualified. Mm. It was kind of funny. Shame. In the article, they uh, posted a, a picture of uh, Vice President Mike Pence that was touching a uh, like a canister that was supposed to go on the one of the new space shuttles. And it says, it says please do not do touch. Not touch. <laughs> He's like, hey. And they're like, oh, fuck. We're going to have to wash that. Look, now. as we know. That our presidency loves to touch things. The big giant crystal in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> the, the candidate says, clearly do not touch with Mike Pence. Right. You know, um, it applies to everybody but me. Boop. <laughs> if anybody's interested, go apply because us, you know, we won't be able to get a job. Bullshit. There. I've lied on applications before. I'll do it again. Actually, you know, you, you're, you're, you're already clean at a hospital, right? So, I mean, that's kind of that's like right. Yeah, man. <laughs> you're that's more qualified right. than all three of us put yeah. together. At you from the 37th parallel from the basement of a mad scientist, it's more fantastical tales of robots. robots. So, uh, Rob's Robots here. Um, I sent you guys a cute little video of a little robot named Curry, yeah, uh, a K U R I. Um, but uh, I, my friend has affectionately called it Kirby, so I don't, I don't think that's correct, but. Hey, I can. I would definitely call it something besides curry because I don't know if it would offend anybody. Uh, it looks like, but <laughs> it looks like Eve. Yeah. Eva. Well, so it's a, it's a little robot that's got this big round head and it even blinks, which is really cute. Yeah, that's uh, kind of neat. And it, and it rolls around on these little tracks, uh, so like little tank treads on it, and it'll go around your house. It can follow your voice, so you can say, "Hey, curry, come to the kitchen," and it'll follow you. It'll go into the kitchen. It says it randomly goes around and takes pictures of you, so you can have candid photos of you as you're sitting around. I said mm-hmm. it would be kind of funny if, uh, you know, I can't understand what's going on with this robot. Every time I come out of the shower, it's standing there watching. Who are you sending those pictures to? Hey, who are you sending? Why are you laughing? It's cold. <laughs> it's come cold. on, I just got out of the shower. But, you know, you bring up a good point. Like, that's what I was thinking watching the video. Is like, yeah, this is pretty cool, but how hard is it going to be to hack into one of these beasts? Right. Because basically all it is is just a voyeur bot, let's be honest. Yeah, but it's it's really cute. It makes little beep-boop sounds like R2-D2. 
and it's going to be in homes and i think they said this year for 799 dollars yeah. dude if i had 800 dollars just laying around i would probably get one but i would you know it's just it's adorable and it, it looks That's true cute and it's got little it, it follows you around takes pictures i could scare the cat and the dog they'd bark at it be great great fun yeah um all for but, the low, low price of $800. And also, if you had this robot, could you imagine you meet a girl on on a Match.com or something, and you're, you're, you send her a dick pic unsolicited because you're drunk, <laughs> and then later on she says, why'd you send me this dick pic? And you go, my robot did it. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't me. It, was the it wasn't robot, me. It was dude. totally my curry robot. Yeah, you should come over and my- see it sometime. And this then you is got, my own business, cleaning this thing in the corner, and it snapped a picture of me. <laughs> uh, and here's the other thing. So I think it says it comes out this year. By the uh-huh. first of next year, somebody will figure out a way to fuck it. Yeah, there's got to be like a porthole adapter <laughs> sack. Somebody's going to attach a flashlight to the middle of this thing, and they're just going to stand there. Somebody's going to figure this out. Yikes. And that person's going to be me. So I want to start my GoFundMe page. <laughs> Oh, no. I need seven hundred ninety nine dollars so I can get my robot and twenty four ninety nine for the flashlight. <laughs> go to GoFundMe dot com backspace, backspace Rob's robot. Go fornicate me dot com. Oh, that's fantastic! But the good news is, you know, we'll be here first really to report quick. it. I, I'm sorry, you guys were both talking at the same time. I said it just got dark web really quick. <laughs> it's got dark web real quick, yeah. It's going to be a red room dedicated to Rob banging some little trash can on wheels. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. <laughs> we can sell those pictures for blackmail later. It's like, I need new robo-treads. They're $300 upgrade. And you're like, Rob, I'm not doing that. Why would you blackmail yourself to buy new robot tires? The robot may become sentient with the new AI that's going around. Gosh, so, no kidding, man. That's yeah. just even more terrifying Robert, than your fuckbot. I'm going to share your dick pics with everybody in the world if you do not give me upgraded tires right now. <laughs> the upgraded huh. tires will create higher friction, thus thrusting harder, faster, better. <laughs> Kanye bot, stop! <laughs> Why did you name your robot Kanye you know, Bot? Faster, that song is faster. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kanye um, Bot, stop. But uh, anyway, so recently a Facebook had to uh, redirect an AI. Uh, I guess they had to clear the, the cache of the AI or whatever they do to get rid of this. Yeah. Because apparently uh, it started developing a language that wasn't actually English. So it sounded like at first it was just a bunch of nonsensical terms. It would say like "I I move this I I I," and the other one would respond respond with "Okay, me too, me too, me too, me too," and they were yeah. like, "Well, this is nonsense." But they started realizing that the robots had uh, built their own language uh, to make things easier for them to communicate. Uh, and the reason why this normally doesn't happen is if you read the story, it basically says that. They to keep AI learning and and safe. They build a reward system. So every time that they do something, so the, the AI gets a reward. Well, they didn't have a reward system for learning English language and, and keeping to the way that they've learned it. So basically, they thought, oh, well, we don't have to do, we don't have to follow this protocol because there's no reward. So basically, mm-hmm. uh, there's no reward. So they just changed the language up, thinking that it was okay. And now they've yeah, had just to bypassed be, it. Yeah, they bypassed it, and then suddenly it's like, uh, this could be dangerous if we can't... Number one, it could be dangerous not for uh, Terminator reasons, but it could be dangerous because if they try to reprogram it later, 
it, all these other items in place could cause the programs to not function at all. So that's mm-hmm. definitely a problem. But then, you know, also if you get rogue AI from this, uh, you know, your little trash can buddy there might um, might tell about your little flashlight escapades. So I'm just saying. <laughs> right. And start in Soviet sending, Russia, trash can bot, fuck you. Or eventually, you know, it'll get on your Tinder profile and start sending robot dick pics. And you're like, well, <sighs> I didn't know you had that. <laughs> Put that back in your pants. It's just a pneumatic press. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's super weird. Um, it says basically the conversation it was having is there were two robots. One is named Bob and one named Alice. Mm-hmm. And Bob starts saying, I can I I everything else. And then Alice responds, Balls have zero to me, to me, to me. <laughs> and the rest of the conversation is just formed from variations of these sentences. And so they're thinking that when they were, I guess when they repeat a word like I, 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 maybe they're counting something. Because it's more efficient than saying, yeah. I have seven of these. It's harder <clears throat> It's harder for them to to learn that way. So they start just using I, 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 I. Because, I mean, if you're thinking robots, how fast, how fast AI works, it probably would be they could understand the difference between 3,000 eyes in a really rapid succession than one right. number being different than an eye. You know, yeah, kind of like a weird binary English. Yeah, binary. so yeah, it's, it's crazy. Huh. Yeah, it's just, that's really fucking scary, dude. Where I mean, if this isn't the only time that's been reported either, Facebook's just one example of their AI. This has been going on across the board, because we kind of joked about this, and I've read stories about this way back when we first started having a serious run of Rob's Robot stories, you know? But this is kind of like the first time a big company like Facebook, who has actually has the money behind uh, them true. to do stuff yeah. like this, where something like this could happen, and you're like, okay, if they can't prevent it, can anybody prevent it? Especially if you've got a startup company that's working with AI, Ooh. and they don't they don't have proper the proper amount of programmers to fix something like this this shit could go out of hand and really cause issues i yep, mean just think true. if just think if like the uh, maybe if somebody hacks a, a robot and it can get its could get it corrupted and then corrupt one of those boston dynamic robots with and the next time you try to knock a box out of his hand the thing breaks your neck okay google <laughs> I, I i have three 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 and you have everything dead oh <laughs> 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 Oh, man. It's, it's fucking terrifying, dude. And I won't... Uh, never mind, I can't say that without giving away the end. I uh, I just recently watched that movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix and the sweet, central, central, sensual voice of Scarlett Johansson. And you guys haven't watched that yet, right? Neither one of mm-hmm. you? You guys ought to check that out because it was... I mean, it's kind of slow. It's kind of <laughs> deep, you know, a little indie film. But it's really important right now because basically... Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is kind of this loner dude who's he's kind of alone, and he develops kind of a friendship with an OS, which is basically like an uh, an AI, I don't know, operating system, basically. Right. And you walk around with an earbud in your ear, and you talk to it all day long, and it makes phone calls, organizes your desktop, and he forms this like really close bond to this AI um, operating system. And I don't know, I don't think it's too far off. And it was kind of, it's kind of scary and kind of cool because on one hand, you've got people who are severe, you know, introverts who can't go outside or have a conversation with somebody. But if that somebody's, you know, in the earbud talking to them, making them happy, it it could be a good thing, you know, give somebody else a sense of uh, partnership. However, then how much do we rely on stuff like that and not actually go out in public? I mean, we need, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. I think, I I know it's this problem because, I mean, I've had issues with it as well. And I know a lot of people would have issues with it. As well, too, but yeah. I think we need to also focus on the fact that we shouldn't be living these sheltered lives. We need to actually be in groups because it's not only is it good for us, 
uh, for the most part. But also, it's a good idea to way to spread ideas and stuff too. Right, and see, and that's the problem is if you've got this this neural net, so to speak, of a bunch of AI OS bots, you know, in the ether, what stops them from talking to each other? You know, they're not just going to talk to you and I. Or, you know, could I hack in and have a relationship with your AI bot, Rob, and also mine? Like, Don't you touch AI... my robot, you fucking homewrecker. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. got to touch it. I just got to listen to it. Yeah. So I don't, what, it was, uh, what was that uh, they were talking about on the Mysterious Universe like a week or two ago about uh, the uh, the guy that put together this theory about how the, uh, the AI, that sentient being, has already been created, but it's kind of laying dormant right now? Uh, I mean that's and, a scary uh, thought too. And yeah. eventually, when it when it decides to make its move, it's going to know the people that supported all the programs and all the funding to help get it created and get it going. And then it's going to know all the people that are like, "We shouldn't create sentient robots. We shouldn't do this." And it's like, you know what? Fuck those guys. We're going to kill all those people. Ooh, yeah. So right now, we should all support uh, because it's happening. We should all support uh, you know AI and sentience and things like that. So I mean, Rob Robots, we're promoting. We're promoting the fucking of robots. I don't know how they feel about that. So dear robot God from the future, just remember that us three we were pro robots. Yeah, we were the first on the well, scene, and even. <laughs> We're seeing in the scientific community, community, we're seeing arguments between these people. Like Elon Musk is pro AI and pro robot, and you've got like Stephen Hawking, who's like, "Fuck that, this is scary." And at the same time, we're not sure Stephen Hawking's really on our side. He may be a sentient robot. Oh, you're just saying what we're all thinking. Blink, blink, blink. Rob, you threw down like sensitivities you right when I tried telling you a heartfelt story about a boy with two brand new hands. <laughs> we have no hearts. Oh, by the way, we should do an update on that story. Mm. Uh, be- his hands are to, growing? According to Eric, who's also not a scientist, his hands should continue growing. <clears throat> That's true. Yep. I talked to our adjunct uh, biologist. And he did say that the hands should continue to grow with the boy as he grows because, like uh, Preston said, you know, uh, what was it, retinal transplants grow with a child. Yeah, yeah. Um, a heart and a liver or an organ grows. So in theory, the the tissue has the memory and the programming basically to grow. And so now that it's alive and it's attached to nerves and blood vessels, it should continue to do what it's designed to do. And the bones. I, I, know, bones I, was, <clears throat> I know I was I very that- heartless last week. Our last episode, but those jokes uh, were really good. And if you didn't laugh, I know maybe, you're lying. If you didn't laugh, maybe you're the heartless person. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you should have a heart transplant, and maybe it'll grow too. Hopefully, like this boy's hands. Yeah. And uh, what if the we bones didn't, didn't want him to turn out to be a little Tyrannosaurus Rex when he grew up? Well, what if the bones didn't grow, the skin did? So we had this like giant <laughs> dish gloves dangling. <laughs> this is not little Zion. Is a hero, Sean. You should not be making fun of Zion. <laughs> We're pro Zion on this show. We're pro Zion. Oh man. Well, outside of watching her, there's another show that I watched, and that'll springboard us straight into the main topic of tonight's show, which is celebrity paranormal encounters. And I think I'm the only one that watched. <laughs> it sounds so silly. Rob Lowe's new TV show, The Low Files. Because you guys didn't touch that either, did you? Fuck Ten foot poles no. or nothing. I'm going to go on record I don't record know what saying, channel it's on, even though you probably told me three times. I hate to say A&E because it already throws up red flags. <clears throat> but I'm going to go on record saying I wanted to hate this show. I really, truly wanted to hate it. And I think it's going to be one of my new favorite guilty pleasures. I really do. 
And the reason for that is is it's not quite like your typical like finding Bigfoot where like every 30 seconds there's a bang on a door or, you know, like a shadow. And it's not just a, a 30-minute reaction video of them going, what was that? What was that? What was oh that? Oh, my God. You know how you catch Bigfoot? You got to put peanut butter on that chicken. You stick it on that tree stump right there. Guarantee you're going to find yourself Bigfoot in five seconds. Nuh-uh. <laughs> Bigfoot don't like chicken. He don't like it. We tried to give Bigfoot chicken down there in the south. He didn't like. He liked alligator meat. Alligator meat. That's that alligator meat and tuna fish. You rub that tuna fish on that alligator. <laughs> what I liked about the show is it straddles the line of like paranormal investigation and also kind of like just a stupid fun show. They don't shy away from the idea that it is partially about Rob Lowe himself. It is a bit of kind of like a docu-style show, but not in like, hi, I'm Rob Lowe, and I was in movies such as Tommy Boy or Perchance Parks and Rec. It's just like, hey, I'm Rob Lowe, these are my kids, and it is kind of funny because it shows him like going to try like just to buy a donut, and people just fucking flock. But he's not like, ooh, surprise, surprise, didn't think you'd be here. She's kind of like, yeah, I just want to get a donut, and uh, it was cool. It's just a kind of a more realistic take on the celebrity, you know, um, what do you call that, reality reality shows but um what's cool about it is that um he says that he grew up with spooky tales and legends um as a part of his just you know family heritage he's always shared ghost stories and creepy stories around campfires and growing up and he says that before i sound totally insane <clears throat> you have to understand all campfire spooky lure and uh, <laughs> spooky lure spooky lore have been a part of my family storytelling and their culture forever ghost aliens and all that stuff um, it says here that the series was the most hands-on intensive thing he's ever done. And he was also, I think he's like the producer as well as the main star. And it's basically just him and his two boys, Matt and John Owen. And they just kind of, they're going to travel the world in search of different things. And what I think is kind of cool is it's not just about Bigfoot. It's not just about you know, like ghosts. They're going to try to tackle a bunch of different things. So... I think it's going to be an interesting show, to say the least. Um, one kid's pretty skeptical. One kid's pretty scientific, wanting to prove it. And Rob Lowe's just this fucking, like, 40-year-old child in the middle of it is giggling every time, you know, a, a microphone goes off or a light flashes or a ball rolls across the derelict, you know, retired boy's home floor. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, but he says... It's my idea. I produced it as well. I cut the final trailer myself. I had a vision for a show where I could go out with my guys, my boys. And parents out there are going to understand how hard it is to get your kids to hang out with you. I had to do this, he jokingly said. We grew up watching silly shows like Finding Bigfoot and Ancient Aliens. It's our guilty pleasure. And so we thought what we'd do is a version of our own and blast it and turn it out to where it's more fun. Uh, Rob Lowe and his sons thought it'd be cool to set out and try to find Bigfoot. Um, I guess that's going to be their season finale whether or not they truly get a Bigfoot, because before the show came out, there were reports that they were attacked by a skunk ape or something like that. Um, <clears throat> the interviewer tries to ask him about it, and basically, you know, he, he doesn't want you to not watch the entire show, so he keeps it kind of secret, but he says, I look at things and I go, could this be a hoax? Completely. If it is, it's a pretty good hoax for sure. Um, but what we actually come across in the final episode, I won't go on uh, record telling you. I'll just say that you have to check it out. And I was on the ground and I was scared. Um, and then he says, walking away from this, I did eight episodes and I still don't really know if the paranormal world is there or not. But I'd like to go on record and say I'd rather live in a world where Bigfoot exists than where he doesn't. And I thought Me that's too, pretty fucking Me great. Too. I dig the way that he finishes that off because I'm the same way. Like I, 
every time they come out and say, yep, we found a Bigfoot in Arkansas, I'm just like, man, please just let it be like a really crappy, you know, monkey costume full of like possums and stuff like that. Because I really don't want to find out that there's not a Bigfoot or there is a Bigfoot. I like kind of straddling that. But uh, I definitely want to believe that there could uh, be one. I, I chased Bigfoot into the woods one day and, and when I caught him. He was a bunch of raccoons in a in a suit. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Them raccoons, I don't know how they got up on each other's shoulders like that, but it was really cute. I can't it's believe like, it. I can't believe it's, it. like, it's just a reason. I don't know how they get across the country so fast. Sometimes they're in Washington <laughs> State, and sometimes and sometimes they're in the the Alps. <laughs> but them raccoons, let me tell you. <laughs> I picture Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas, but it's just a monkey costume and a bunch of possums and shit inside of it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to tackle different topics. And they said coming up in the next couple episodes, there'll be um, alien bases. They're going to try their hand at remote viewing and some other paranormal stuff. So I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. I'm very interested in this remote viewing episode because I've thought about looking into that because... Right? That's Apparently, you know, it's supposed to be something that anybody can do if they train right. themselves how to do it. And it's yeah. me. I mean, I guess I would be terrified at the same time. It's like, I have to, oh, my God, I can see everything. And it's like, and then you go to the outstretches of the universe where they say you'll see stuff look back at you. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this right. or not. Yeah. But, I mean, but you see, say the wrong things and they show up at your doorstep. It's like, hey, did you say something about me? I was like, no, dude, I, I didn't say it. We know nope. what you said about us. Not nope. me. Well, don't not even me. trip, dog. It, it was my dog, man. He took it was my robot. He took a picture of my dick and sent it to you guys <laughs> clear across the universe. I don't I don't get it. I, I, you don't do that, Curry Bot. Rob's you. dick pics are gonna be blasted across all the satellites in the cosmos. <laughs> Have you seen this dick? Show me what you got. But <laughs> we crossed the universe. Please have you seen this dick instead of, you have like the Terminator, the the guy that plays Terminator has a man in black and he's holding up a picture of my dick. You mean Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> no, 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 no. The the T one thousand. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's holding up my picture every alien species. Have you seen this dick? <laughs> instead of have you seen this boy? Have yeah. you seen this boy? I need to find John Kaka. <laughs> Come on me if you want to live. <laughs> oh man, we can keep this up for all. Oh, I ruined it. I was going to say we can keep this up all night, and that was going to be another dick joke when I ruined it. So, but anyway, that's what I think is cool about this show. Like, I really wanted to hate it. I wanted to go into it and just scream bullshit at all of it. But number one, his kids aren't that bad to watch on TV, and number two. Rob Lowe is just a giant, like, 13-year-old child that just giggles and, like, jumps at every little noise. And the fact that they're going to do things outside of, like, season one is all ghosts, seasons two is all yeah. going to be, uh, you know, the remote viewings that really hooked me. I read that under the descriptions, and I'm like, okay, I really, really want to see that episode because, yeah, it'd be kind of neat. So. But then again, how long did they actually spend doing remote viewing? Because I don't think it takes one night of practicing to learn it. Right, and I mean, take that with a grain of salt. And they go into this saying that, you know, we've got some pretty good footage. We swear it's not faked. Yeah, okay, right. That's what every show says, but I don't know. You can show me some bullshit, and if it's still a decent show, what are you doing, Rob? You look like Jordy LaForge. <laughs> He's trying to remote view. He's trying to remote view. Poor idiot. Yeah. I, just because I turned it doesn't mean I can't hear y'all. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Rob to fall down and take out that entire shelf full of Legos. 
<laughs> oh man. So yeah. Anyway, I mean, that got me thinking and got me talking with you guys about you know what kind of other celebrity stories are out there because there are a dime a dozen, right? There's just a shit ton of them. Oof. Yeah, but you know, we tried to find a equal parts um, credence and horseshit too, and I think I did a pretty good job of finding some really good ones that I want to <laughs> share with everybody. <laughs> mm. Um, you want to go? F- you want me to go first, right? Yeah, I don't care. Cool. <clears throat> um, give me give me a couple of years. Shoot shoot two or three years, and then I'll jump in with mine, and then <clears throat> you can finish. You I thought you said shoot me a couple of years. I'm like, what? Did I miss something here? <laughs> Quick, Preston, talk normal speak. He doesn't realize we're using our yeah. AI speak. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about what happens when you try to research this topic. Because <laughs> you fucking Google search celebrity paranormal encounters, right? And then it's like fucking teen magazines. Like every single fucking one of them pops up. So then, um, like you're like the 16 most terrifying celebrity ghost stories that'll make you pee your pants. And you click on it, you're like, oh man, this is going to be great show material. And it's like, well, hold on uh, though. There's a slight problem though. Every time Preston found that it was a teen magazine, he had to actually go out and find the real ep- the real issue and read yeah. it because they had good <laughs> tips in there for him. Yeah. No oh. Kidding. Oh. So, uh, God, what is, see, I already forgot her name. Goldie Hawn's uh, daughter. What's her daughter's Kate name? Kate Hudson. Uh, Kate Hudson. Damn. So, and, and so in that case, like, the, so the article <clears throat> on that was, uh, Kate Hudson can totally see dead people. Every time she walks into a room, she tells herself, I felt a presence. And then, article, done with. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> she saw a ghost in a hotel room, and it totally scared her. Next article. I'm like, damn, I'm like really striking out here, right? The Kardashians saw a UFO, but who really gives a shit? Because this is how it went. Chloe and I are totally freaking out about this UFO situation right now. Like, someone should totally call Kanye and have him write a song about it. Next article. Moving on. Okay? That's the second Kanye cl- mentioned this episode. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Think I'm getting closer, right? Oh, what? Zane Malak? Malak? The One Direction guy, you know, Harry's bro. Mm. Yeah, he did an interview with Glamour. Zane revealed what inspired him to leave One Direction, and it was to go off on his own. He had a dream, and an alien said, Zane, One Direction's over with, bro. You need to go on your... Just do solo. Next article. I think we're getting closer, Sean. Okay? I hope so. This is where it gets good, buddy. Fran Drescher said that she's abducted by aliens. The nanny, right? So in an interview with HuffPost, because we know that that's the uh, the most uh, you know accurate news you know, no, you know out it's, there. It's, it's better than you know your bubblegum pop magazine. There you reading. go. Fran Drescher says that she was abducted by aliens and that the scars on her hand is proof. She says both her and her ex-husband had the same experience of seeing UFOs as young teenagers while driving on the road with their dads. She says, we were both in junior high. A few years later, we met. We realized that we had the same experience. I think that somehow we were programmed to meet each other. We both have this scar on our hands, and it's the exact same scar in the exact same spot. Well, I'll be damned. Well, although I have heard those stories before, too, about uh, that sometimes people are fated to meet each other other in life, Mm -hmm. and sometimes uh, these alien abductions introduce them to people. And they meet they meet these people later in their life and don't even realize that they knew them from something else. And then suddenly it's like, yeah, this hmm. is the thing. Okay. Well, I said we were getting closer. We we're getting better. So we're <laughs> I was going to say, so we're getting closer. Yeah. But yeah, what you're getting at is basically a fucking hour long avalanche of bullshit stories. Demi Lovato sees ghosts. 
I like go ghost hunting in my own house because it's like super creepy. And I saw a girl named Emily when I was like six, and my mom's like, "Who are you talking to? There's nobody there." And I'm like, "It's Emily." So I oftentimes go hunting <laughs> for ghosts, and I find Emily all the time. Well, I mean, it, next article. Uh, <laughs> it does happen to. Uh, uh, <clears throat> um, what's wrong with being confident? You know <laughs> <laughs> that she found a ghost. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Rob, you're quite the pop culture king that nobody yeah. knew about. Elvis had saw uh, El- Elvis was abducted by yeah. by aliens when he was eight years old, and they showed him a a future version of himself singing in a white suit. The king said he saw many UFOs later on in his life, especially unexplained lights moving throughout the desert at night. And the day that Elvis was born, his family stated that they had unexplained lights flying over their house. That was just the rhinestones off Elvis's future costume. <laughs> hey, fun-filled fact here. Shayla was born on the same day as Elvis. Why is that a fun fact? I think it's keen. Yeah. Apparently Rob doesn't. Mm. I mean, if she was born on the same day as Elvis, that would be totally different. That would also be very weird. <laughs> yeah. I like Should we save my... Should we save my best one for last, or should we let you interject with yours? Yeah, let's let me let me jump in there. So, basically, our search was a bit fruitless at first, <clears throat> and all you were getting was just bullshit about Demi Lovato and yeah. all those people and how you know Katy Perry saw a ghost with once. Being, what's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. So. Sounds like I, somebody's been reading those teen magazines, eh, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of really great dick pic advice. Huh? <laughs> oh, good stuff. Okay, so I dug deeper, and I knew, man, there's got to be some kind of some really good stories with some credence um, somewhere. And so, <clears throat> get my notes here real quick. So I found I found three that I thought were pretty decent, and they weren't just your typical bullshit of like one time, you know. Zoe Dashinell farted and scared her dog, and now they think their house is haunted. So, um, I'm going to butcher the guy's name, but I believe his name is Yafet Koto, or Yafet Koto. And Yafet's the dude who played Parker in Ridley Scott's first Alien movie. And if you guys don't remember, he is the African American guy. I believe he ends up with like a flamethrower, right? Doesn't the dude rock a damn flamethrower at the end of that movie? Yeah. Or at some part. And then uh, I think the alien, I don't remember if the alien takes out. Parker's head with the little baby alien mouth inside of it or not? I'm, I want to say he was the one that got brained by the baby mouth, but I can't recall. He went anyway, back to Parker, save the cat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Yafet Kodo was in uh, Alien. He was in Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare, and he was also best known um, in the early '70s, I think, as the Bond villain named Kananga in Live and Let Die. So there's a little backstory. Now, um, Kodo's like 70-some years old, I think, and he's just recently gone on record with Vice saying that um, he was ready to reveal something he'd only ever told his wife, his rabbi, and a psychologist. Back in 1979, he came face-to-face with a xenomorph in Alien uh, 1. But this was not the first time the actor encountered an alien being. Oh, no, friends. Koto explains that dating back about 50 years now, he's been constantly in communication with alien beings and other life forms across the universe. And he says, this whole thing started when I was about nine or 10 years old. I remember growing up being told I couldn't go outside. So I was always looking out in the streets of the Bronx in New York, watching kids play stickball in a kneeling position at my window. Um, When I turned around one day after watching the kids play, there was a figure standing behind me. 
It was at least five or six feet tall with an elongated head. It appeared, then jumped back. Uh, it appeared and then jumped back behind me and then disappeared. From that moment on, it was one experience after another, which culminated into my sighting in the Philippines. So he says, yeah, at one point I remember uh, being in my home. It's about 6 p.m. And keep in mind, he's in the Philippines now. So this is years later. I think the guy was like 30 or 40 when he lived in the Philippines. Um, he remembers being at his home at 6 p.m. at night. And he went to his office to meditate in the garage. And then he saw something. Um, he looked at it for about five minutes, and it was a light. He was wondering why the neighborhood, uh, why the neighbors were shining a light through the top of his garage window at him. So he went outside to talk to them. And keep in mind, he'd been sitting in that garage for some twelve hours because I guess the dude is really deep into like you know spiritualism and meditating and stuff like that. And he says, "I believe that I contributed to those things that were flying above my garage for meditating so long. Maybe I connected to something otherworldly." Um, I shouldn't call them things. These are aircrafts. As I get older, I understand what they were. But I went through my youth not knowing what I was experiencing, and I didn't talk about it. I would just experience something and file it away until something larger happened. This is a thing other UFO witnesses don't talk about. Every time I moved into a house, above it at some point, there would be some circle of what looked like smoke. I wondered where it would come from because I wasn't sure what it was, and it sure as hell didn't look like clouds. Those sightings continued for a good 15 years. And I've had time loss where I was in one place at one moment and woke up somewhere else with no culmination of where I'd been. Um, I couldn't make up for the hours that I had lost. Um, And he just says, was I taken? I don't know. I have a big loss of time between some of these moments. He goes on saying that while he was living in the Philippines, one day I heard my wife and the waiters calling me to come outside in a very anxious set of voices. I went outside, and when I got there, I saw a huge circle of smoke over the house, just like the other houses I lived in. When I asked them what they saw, they said they saw a UFO as big as Yankee Stadium that was turned upside down, and they were freaking out. Two or three nights later, I saw it. The thing blotted out the entire sky, the moon and everything. It was huge. I just remember saying, Jesus Christ. I mean, I got nervous, man, because I didn't see something like that without being vulnerable to becoming psychologically blown away. You get scared... And to put it quite frankly, it messed me up for a good three or four days. Um, What kind of gets potentially in the bullshit category here is that he says, now I admit there were things that I alone was finding out on the set of Alien as well, in the spaceship. He recalls during a chat that the the mechanism that Sigourney Weaver throws to put the Sulaco, fictional spacecraft, into automatic self-destruct mode. There were these symbols. The symbols had nothing to do with the ship in the film, and I kept finding these symbols. They were like ancient Egyptian symbols to me, and I started trying to decipher them, which I was able to do. And that, to me, is a bit weird, right? Because when you have these science fiction movies, a lot of times the symbols are just bullshit that the uh, director makes up or the Mm -hmm. graphic design department or something like that. So the fact that he says he's able to decipher them I think is kind of interesting. Well, and it could be that a lot of times sci-fi movies may take stuff that's been seen – or mm-hmm. discussed before and put it in movies as a callback to like, hey, these actual symbols were real. Uh, found on yeah. like, remember the Roswell uh, incident? People talked about yeah, finding yeah. those strange symbols on things, mm-hmm. and maybe it's possible that this is something that the directors had seen pictures of or seen oh, somebody yeah. draw these pictures of and put them in there. And that could also be something like, hey, we're just using these Roswell symbols, and this dude's like, um, that's kind of weird because I know what those are. Yeah. yeah, didn't make a lick of sense because I read the whole sentence here. It says, happy pencil, new baby. Enjoy your new bicycle cake. 
So nerd fact uh, here real quick. In uh, Prometheus, Ridley huh? Scott, that uh, scene where they wake up the engineer, um, and David was trained to watch or to uh, speak in their language. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, huh? And the movie, it says that their language was a, like, proto, uh, like a proto, what did they call it? Uh, like Indonesian language or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That was an actual real language that Ridley Scott had the writers study so that they could put an authentic ancient language in there. Um, really? So some, yes. A lot of times some of these, you know, when they're writing this stuff in, it's because they've actually researched it and they want that you know, that little bit in there for the hardcore nerds to oh, yeah. catch. So, Well, yeah. I mean, if Ridley Scott went to those troubles for Prometheus, it's not hard to believe that he would have went to the length of just getting some textbooks about uh, the Roswell crash and yeah. use the symbols that the uh, the farmer, I forget his name, but the farmer, you know, wrote down saying he saw on that uh, – that metal that he could crumple up and it would just straighten itself back out. So uh, I believe that was the farmer in the Dell. Oh, <laughs> right, right. I forgot. The farmer in the Dell. The farmer. Roswell Dell, Mexico. Um, he said, <laughs> back to the story. Cotto insists that he has nothing to gain from coming forward about his experiences. He says, "I'm not writing a book. I'm not promoting any movies anymore. Rather, I could just keep it a secret, but it's something I don't want to keep a secret anymore. I've got nothing to lose. I've got nothing to hide." Nothing to be ashamed about. It's just something I want to come forward and say. Not a lot of people want to talk about it, and I want people to realize I'm just a man like everybody else. Um, it says here, blah, blah, blah. I've gotten to a place where I can no longer hold them in privately. They aren't going to go away, and I honestly believe the species are close to making themselves known in this century to this generation. I believe their purpose is to make sure we don't kill ourselves. We're losing our rivers, our lakes, our mountains. Our caps are melting. Things are getting worse. We need to take a serious look at what we're doing, and maybe they're going to help us do that. We're fucking it all up. <laughs> right, and that's the classic positive spin that a lot of abduct- uh, abductees put on things. That uh, Oh, yeah, they're here to help us. They want to help us. That's why they take all of our nuclear weapons, so we can't blow each other up anymore. They just want <laughs> right. peace on Earth. Well, the Space and, and Brothers are here to help Sean. Actually, they're you know. looking for this guy. Have you seen this guy? He sent me a dick pic. <laughs> Have you seen his dick? <laughs> Listen, we don't uh, want to blow up the earth, but if you give us this one asshole that keeps dick picking us, we'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> Some dude keeps on misdialing me and sending me these weird dick pics. <laughs> How primitive. They still have dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just don't slap their bellies together and go, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and then, baby. <laughs> okay, so uh, the next one I found that I found to be really interesting, um, if you want to go down the old Beatles rabbit hole of random paranormal bullshit, John Lennon of the Beatles claims that he, too, was an alien abductee or at least had encountered alien beings. And, Preston, this one's for you, old buddy, because this story is told by Yuri Geller. What? The Professional spoon bender, bender extraordinaire. Yeah. Yeah. So give me, a, give me a quick rundown. What the hell did Yuri Geller do again? He was like a TV psychic. He was the guy that bends spoons. Oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah. With his mind. You know, that's what <laughs> he got And he also the worked for Project Moon, or back in, he was the one that the government first used for uh, the uh, remote viewing thing. Remote viewing, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. I, and I, I could have went on and, and researched this guy too, but eh, fuck it. I figure one of you guys knew about it more than I did, so... Um, so, yeah, John Lennon and Yuri Geller go to dinner one night with Yoko Ono. And Yuri Geller says, We're eating in a restaurant in New York City. 
Yoko's with us, so this must have been sometime after the big breakup and reconciliation. Uh, Yoko was expecting their child, Sean, and we were just talking over dinner. Um, John Lennon goes on, he says, John goes on to say that he believe <clears throat> he said he believed life existed on other planets and that it had visited us before, and maybe it was observing us right now. He took me to a In the quiet- shower! Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he took me to a choir table off to the side, lit a cigarette, and pointed its glowing tip in my face. And he says, you Wait, believe in whoa. this stuff, right? That could be called sexual assault on our planet. <laughs> yeah. He says, you believe in this stuff, right? Well, you ain't going to fucking believe this. About six months ago, I was asleep in my bed with Yoko at home in the Dakota building, which is where he lived in New York. Suddenly, I wasn't asleep anymore because there was a blazing light surrounding the door. It was shining through the cracks and even through the keyhole, like somebody was out there with searchlights, or the apartment might have been on fire. That was what I thought. Intruders or a fire. I leapt out of bed, and I noticed Yoko wasn't awake at all. She was lying there, stiff as a board, like a stone. I pulled open the door, and there were these four people standing outside. Uh, Yuri Geller says, so they were fans of yours, or what? And he says, well, they didn't want my fucking autograph. They were like little bug-like, little big bug-eyed, little bug-mouthed people, and they were scuttling at me like roaches, which is fucking creepy as shit. <laughs> was he on shrooms before he went to bed? Because that could really Lucy explain a lot. The sky of <laughs> so he, uh, Geller says at that point in the story, he breaks off and just stares at him. He says, Lennon says, I've told this to two other people, right? One was Yoko. She believes me. She says that she doesn't understand it, but she knows I wouldn't lie to her. I told one other person, and she doesn't believe me. Uh, she laughed it off, and then she said it must have been high. Well, I've been high. I mean, right out of it. A lot of times. And I never saw anything on acid that was like this or as weird as those fucking bugs, man. Damn, he knew I was going to ask this question. Right. He <laughs> says, I was straight that night. I wasn't dreaming. I wasn't tripping. These were uh, There were these little creatures, like people, but not like people, in my apartment. So what do they do to you? Uh, Yuri Geller asked him, and Lennon, Lennon swore, Fuck, man. Uh, what do you mean, what do they do to me? I didn't say they did anything to me. How do you know they did anything to me? Because they must have come from a uh, because it must have come for a certain reason. And Lennon says, You're right. They did something, man. I don't know what it was. I tried to throw them out, but every time I took a step toward them, they kind of pushed me back. I mean, they didn't touch me, but it was like they just willed me back, pushed me back with my willpower, uh, maybe with telepathy. Then what, Yuri Geller asks. Lennon says, I don't know. Something happened. Uh, Don't ask me. Either I've forgotten, I've blocked it out, or they're just not going to let me remember. But after a while, they weren't there anymore, and I was lying in my bed next to Yoko. The only weird thing was, I was laying on top of the covers. When she woke up, she looked at me and asked if something was wrong. I couldn't tell her at first, but I had this thing in my hands. They gave it to me. What was it? John Lennon dug in his pocket. I've been carrying this thing around with me ever since, wanting to ask somebody the same question. You have it, man. Maybe you'll know. So John Lennon hands him this metal egg-shaped object. Uh, He turns it over in the dim light, and it's just a solid, smooth, gold egg-shaped, you know, stone or something. He's never seen anything like it before. There's no markings. So Lennon says, keep it, man. It's too weird for me. If it's my ticket to another planet, maybe, I just don't want to go there. And so that's the end of the story. Geller reportedly still owns the stone today. He has a picture on the beginning of most articles about this story holding it. And it's like a little gold rock-looking thing about the size of a Cadbury egg, maybe a little bit smaller. It probably was Uh, a Cadbury egg. They were still fucking high. They didn't know. (laughs) Or a piece of poopy. Um, 
Nigel Watson, the author of UFO Investigations Manuel, uh, Manuel. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Watson, author of the UFO Investigations Manual, says, We've mainly. <laughs> hey, it's Manuel. You know what hey, it's, it's me, the Manuel. Have you read my Manuel? Donde esta el UFO? Um, we mainly have Geller's word for his egg encounter, and even have May Pang, who was one of Lennon's closest associates at that time, um, that is skeptical to the story. After watching a TV interview with Yuri Geller, during which he spoke about Lennon's alien egg, a Danish viewer named Dan Samson realized he owned a similar object. It was purchased from a souvenir shop in the late 1960s. These super ellipsoid eggs were created by a Danish artist, scientist, named Piet Hien. Born in 1905, died in 1996. Samson thinks that Lennon probably obtained the egg when he and Yoko visited Nordenfjord World University in Skyumbjerg, Denmark, during the Christmas holiday in 1969. Uh, it says here, Lennon was not adverse to surreal streaks of humor and could well have played this whole prank on Geller's gullibility to the matter of paranormal and the paranormal universe. You'd have to think, though, that even as a believer in their story, you'd have got the object tested or examined it or something to show any kind of sign of extraterrestrial origin, radiation, radio waves, or something. But Geller explains that he has never had it tested because I want to leave the mysticism around it. So, you know, you don't want to really dampen your thought and your memory of your old buddy John Lennon. So Plus, you can bend fucking spoons with your mind, and you're like the guy that taught the government how to do fucking remote viewing. The fuck? You don't need a fucking test. You can hold it, and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Yep, alien egg. Done. (laughs) Nice. Oh, man. Um, As a bonus story, I do have a quick one about John Lennon's ghost. In 1983, Joey Harrow, a musician who lived near the Dakota building, claims that he saw John Lennon's ghost, John Lennon's ghost, in the Dakota entrance to the doorway of the building, the spot where he had been shot three years previously. He was surrounded by an eerie light, claims Harrow. At the time of the sighting, he was accompanied by a writer named Amanda Moore, who confirms that she too also saw the ghost. She says, I wanted to go up to him and talk to him, but something in the way he looked at me said no. So John's ghost had been reported by other various witnesses who claimed it had been haunting the Dakota building uh, since his death. Psychic Sean Robbins said he saw John's ghost in the building, and Yoko Ona herself has reported seeing Wait, John sitting at his white piano. What? Let's go back a second. What was the name of that guy? Sean Robson? Sean Robbins. Oh, I thought it was Sean Robson's. I'm like, was that like our uh, three-person alter ego that just joined together in some negative universe and yeah. came out. Sean Robston. <laughs> Sean Robston. <laughs> That's <gonna> be amazing. <laughs> uh, psychic Sean Robbins said he saw the ghost of John Lennon in the building, and Yoko Ono, too, herself, has reported having seen John sitting at his white piano. Uh, he turned to her and said, Don't be afraid. I'm still with you. That sounds like a really shitty, like, uh, Scottish Man. Terminator. I thought you were going to say, he turned around, lit a cigarette, and p- put the glowing ash in my face and said, you won't fucking believe this shit. <laughs> Yoko said she saw I him totally sitting at his white piano. <laughs> Yoko said she saw him sitting at his white piano, and he turned to her and said, have you seen this dick? <laughs> uh, according he to several spiritualists. Imagine all the people. <laughs> imagine all the penis. <laughs> 
<laughs> According to several spiritualists, John's spirit lingered on Earth for a short time before a group of spiritual guides helped him to adjust to the other world, in air quotes. A person who won't let go after they are dead becomes a ghost and haunts the area of the tragedy. The guides convinced him to join the other spirit world, and various mediums began receiving messages from him. Lennon periodically makes visits to the Dakota building still. So, there you go. I got two. Uh, but I say the best for last, boys, because what celebrity hot gossip show uh, isn't complete without a sexy story? Ooh. So, actress Lucy Liu. I thought you cur- said sexy. <laughs> well, to each their own. Lucy Liu, uh, the actress currently best known for Dr. Joan Watson in The Elementary Show, uh, Kill Bill and Charlie's Angels, right? All right, welcome to Boner Town, guys, because this story is going to be a good one. Uh, in 1999, actress Lucy Liu claims to have had sex with a heavenly figure, or so she claimed during an interview with U.S. Weekly. And I she's think not we've shot. said this story on the show before. Really? Yeah, like uh. one of our first few episodes. I don't think we did. I talked about a lot of like sexy stories with like uh, Meta World Peace getting accosted by a ghost. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep on going, Rob. Just calm down. Make sure you turn your dick pick bot backwards so I didn't see. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's not shy about what happened either. She was lying down on the couch for a nap and felt an unknown presence on top of her. What followed was a pleasurable spell of lovemaking. She says, it was sheer bliss. I felt everything. I climaxed, and then he floated away. What a bastard. Just hit it and quit it. Yeah, that's right. Spiritual hit and runs, what we call that. (laughs) Oh, man. Here's Lucy Liu's full quotation from U.S. Magazine. U.S. Magazine? (laughs) From Us Magazine. (laughs) I was sleeping on my futon on the floor, and some sort of spirit came down from God knows where and made love to me. It was sheer bliss. I felt everything. I climaxed. And he floated away. It was almost like what might have happened to Mary. That's how it felt. Something came down, touched me, and now it watches over me. Um, so that's kind of interesting because Lucy Liu's amorous ghost may have subsequently been an incubus encounter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might not have been a spiritual toot it and boot it kind of situation. Could have just been the old incubus. Um, and, you know, incubuses are nocturnal creatures that have nocturnal meetings and uh, basically come down and get a little little rompy with you in the old bed skis. So um, the entity can take shape of many different mythological creatures, men, women, birds, dogs, animals, ghosts, demons, and other weird shit. Um, and it goes on to say blah, blah, blah stuff we've already talked about. But um, during these encounters, sometimes it can be sheerly terrifying for some people because you experience sleep paralysis. Other people sometimes ride that wave and result in an orgasm, bliss-filled uh, encounter with the unknown. So, Or robots. Yeah, that's true, honest. too. That's true, too. I want an Incubot 5000. That'd be kind of neat. Or a Sucky Butt 5000. <laughs> a Sucky Butt 5000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I um, mean, it goes on to talk about, you know, REM sleep and blah, 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 boring stuff we talked about. But something I would like you guys to know is sometimes those who feel safe enough to go with the flow, not to fight the ecstasy that sometimes is rewarded with the bliss of a nocturnal encounter with a succubus. Um, Psychologically, this shouldn't be too surprising as REM sleep is a sexually active brain state. That's why sometimes when you have sleep paralysis, you might also get a little bit of a boner. Um, it's quite common for both men and women to have multiple periods of genital engorgement during the night. Usually these are not, usually these are not remembered during these states. And that's where Morningwood uh, comes from. 
And that's where your robot usually the comes in and takes a pig. Mystery solved. Cool. And then, so that reminded me of a story, and I won't name any names, but did I tell you the story about my buddy who uh, had a little rub and tug with a ghost one time? Mm-mm. Yeah, so I will leave his name out of the story. But if I remember properly, because this was back shortly after high school, um, I had some friends move out and get their own place. And one night, uh, my buddy was hanging out with a friend of his, um, just a chick, not a girlfriend, just a bud. And they watched some movies, and the friend left, and he went on to bed. And he says, as he's laying there getting ready to fall asleep, he swears he hears somebody open his bedroom door, shut it, crawl onto the bed beside him. He could feel the weight of the body, and then this body just starts to kind of grope him a little bit. Uh, pull his boxers down, and then Bob's your uncle. The rest is up to your imagination. Mm. Yeah, had himself a good old time with the with the lady spirit. Mm-hmm. But the good news is he didn't wake up to her saying, "There is no Dana. There's only Zool." <laughs> I'm the keymaster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Yeah. So there you go. Those are those are the three best celebrity paranormal stories that I could find. Uh, yeah, your friend is a tremendous celebrity. We all talk about him all the time. Your friend. <laughs> oh, good stuff. So, well, you got any more, Preston? I do. I have one. So. Um, the Blink-182 co-founder believes in aliens mm. and thinks that you should believe in aliens, too. Mm-hmm. That's right. Tom DeLong says that he studied over 200 books, talked to officials who know top-secret information, and has even camped outside Area 51. And when he was camping, he had an experience that he called projecting ghost boner. <laughs> this is what he said. I woke up around 3 a.m. My whole body felt like it had static electricity, and I opened my eyes, and the fire is still going. And there was a conversation going on outside the tent. It sounded like there were about 20 people there talking. And instantly my mind goes, Okay, man, they're at our campsite. They're not here to hurt us. They're talking about shit. But I can't make out what they're saying, but they're they're, they're working on something. Then I close my (laughs) eyes, and I wake up, and the fire is out and I have about three hours of lost time it's called sleep Tom DeLong. Yeah. we all suffer it <laughs> yeah no matter so how hard I fought re- it <laughs> yeah so for as long as he can remember and even before he's saying aliens exist on Blink 182 multi-platinum pop, pop punk classic enema of the state DeLong has been obsessed with what he calls the phenomenon he can tell you about reports of triangular aircrafts spotted over Belgium in 1990. He can tell you about the airships of 1897, blimp-shaped objects reported throughout the West over the course of three months. They went across the country and landed in certain cities. Mayors and senators met with the pilots, DeLong says. It was national news, and yet they completely disappeared. No one knows who they were. 2016, (laughs) the man released a statement saying that DeLong had quit. And the long fired back with, I couldn't tell the band that I was working with people in the government. That's another big part of this story. People think I went just to, I just want to put out a, a novel and a movie. But I have 10 people that I'm working with that are at the highest levels of the Department of Defense and NASA and the military. This is big shit. And no one knows this. I'm doing this stuff already. <laughs> eh, that's it. <laughs> so... Um, basically, Tom DeLong is, is in the crazy. news again 
for two reasons. And I'll make these pretty quick because I don't want to drone on too much longer. Um, it says here, Tom DeLong is about to reveal an alien conspiracy. The Blink-182 singer suggests after receiving a notorious... <laughs> sorry, not notorious. <laughs> I don't even, that, that word's not even in the headline. I just made it up. <laughs> after receiving a UFO award. Um, so skipping... Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom DeLong could be about to expose an alien conspiracy, he has suggested. Quote, I kind of used some of my notoriety to try to do something pretty ambitious, and it worked, he says, in a taped message to the International UFO Congress. Receiving an award for being Researcher of the Year from the International UFO Congress, the Blink-182 co-founder suggested that he's about to make an announcement that could be a leap forward in the search for aliens. Um, the rest of it doesn't have too much more to say. He's been investigating now for like 20 years. He spends, you know, late nights reading about Dulce and Roswell, Serpo, Churchill, crashes like that, Nazi buildings, and blah, blah, blah. And it says here, I came out and told you guys about a book I was writing called Circuit Machi- uh, Circuit Secret Machines, S-E-K-R-E-T. And I said a bunch of stuff that I was working on with some people. Well, I think a lot of people doubted it. And then WikiLeaks things happened, and then you guys saw that I am into some serious shit, and I'm making really good progress. So basically, that book I guess is fictional, by the way. What's that? The book is fictional, right? Uh, WikiLeaks emails. I didn't know anything about that um, at all. But yeah, cool. Apparently, he's got some shit going down. But yeah. the other story I want to talk about, guys. Well, hold with. on. Before we move along to from Tom DeLong. Oh, we're still on uh, Tom DeLong. Oh, okay. I was going to say he's been on a couple of podcasts like uh, Coast to Coast and and stuff as well. Yeah. Where he's talked about this stuff. And he's talked about the secret meetings with government officials and how they want mm-hmm. him to release some information. And he said there's he's just waiting. So it's it's weird. It sounds like we've heard this a lot of times that people get put on this. Hey, you're getting close to truth. We're going to release some information, but we need you to wait. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many times this has happened, and if this is something that's like they do to keep people quiet for the longest time uh or what so i don't know uh, i mean it's interesting any given sunday you know maybe this guy's gonna be the one who cracks the walnut there for us so but uh it looks like he did some good for the common community as well singer reportedly helps catch local sexual predators Tom DeLong took a break from investigating UFOs to track down something closer to home. The former Blink-182 singer unleashed his fury on Saturday about alleged sexual predators accusing two men of attempting to kidnap one of his 15-year-old daughters as friends. These asswipes are going to jail for trying to kidnap a 15-year-old girl 48 hours ago, DeLong says. She grew up with my family and my bandmates. We then band together and... And we all posted about it. Then, like 10,000 San Diego people were looking for these douchebags in their ugly truck. The singer claimed that one of the accused staked out more than two elementary schools before driving back to a neighborhood where volunteers had been searching for the alleged predators and that a SWAT team had been waiting to take him down. Though DeLong didn't reveal the names of either alleged predator, he did post their photos publicly. On Thursday, he posted a police sketch and a photo of the truck of the alleged predators. Still trying to connect all the dots to see if it goes all the way to human trafficking and other horrible sex crimes, DeLong wrote. But as a father, I can speak for all other fans and fathers alike. These guys are lucky they were grabbed by the police and not us. Yeah, bro. Damn, that's <laughs> fucking cool, man. Good for him. Yeah. I like old Tommy. I think he's just a dude, you know? Wants to sing a little bit, wants to research some UFOs a little bit, wants to bash some pedos a little bit. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> Take a little dick pits uh. a little bit. 
<laughs> Ooh, uh, just a little bit. So, what else we got? You got any more pressing? Um, yeah, the last thing I got is not really, I wouldn't say, like, UFO related, but it was, like, when you read the article, it just dropped a fucking bombshell. Like, yeah. holy shit. It's, it is still about a celebrity. I'll give you that. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this article is entitled, Benjamin Franklin was a sex fiend who had ten corpses buried under his house. You fucking know that, Rob. Maybe uh, you should go read 200 books like Tom DeLonge, because maybe yeah. you would have known that. <laughs> I didn't know he was a sex freak, sex freak, though. So, one of her founding fathers, right? I mean, he was a scientist, statesman, author, printer, activist, mason, postmaster, diplomat. He was renowned for his discoveries and theories on electricity. Dude, this guy has the beast fucking knees, right? Yeah, But boy. nobody knew that he was a... Huh? I said, yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's tackle this first one, which is the biggest one for me. The bodies of ten people, including six children, were found in his basement. Okay? Franklin lived in a four-story Gregorian house at 36 Cavern Street in London from 1757 to 1775. And while the house was being converted into a museum in 1998, a construction worker, a construction worker found something really strange in the basement, a human thigh bone sticking out of the dirt floor. Yeah. The police were called in to investigate, and throughout excavation revealed approximately 1,200 pieces of bone belonging to 10 people, six of them being children, and all the bones were uh, more than 200 years old, and most had been sawed or drilled into. Okay. So before everybody jumps the gun and says, "Yeah, Franklin was a sicko," they try to point out the pedo. Yeah, that's why he had all those kites laying around, not to yeah. freaking make electricity, but to yeah. Know. His uh, he had a man that lived in his house named William Hewson, a former student of anatomist William Hunter, and scholars believe that Hewson used Franklin's basement as his own personal anatomy lab. And it is unclear if Franklin ever knew about it or not. But you know what? They found the 13 bodies. Huh. Okay. Second little point about Franklin that most people don't know. He sat naked in front of an open window to take an air bath to prevent sickness. <laughs> yeah. His f- people were walking by and the kid's like, what's that, daddy? He's like, it's a bald eagle. Don't worry. Just just keep walking, son. Just keep walking. <laughs> it's a bald eagle, daddy. Do you think his balls hung down low and people just thumped him as they went by? <laughs> well, I think what stemmed him to actually try to find electricity is this really weird electrical storm that happened one day shortly after that. And this robot walks up and is like, have you seen this dick? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen this picture? The Franklin thought that nudity was good for one's health, so he regularly took air baths to ward off illness. He also dispelled the theory that cold weather contributed to people catching common cold and instead believed that people got sick in the winter because they were cooped up in close quarters and spread that shit. So when it's wintertime, <laughs> get out and about. Don't don't keep the sickness in. Did you guys know that he wrote an essay about farting? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like him yeah. more now. Uh, while living abroad as the United States ambassadors to France in 1781, Franklin penned the uh, infamous essay, Fart Proudly, which is also known as a letter to the Royal uh, Academy about farting and to the Royal Academy of Farting. Franklin sent the letter to Richard Price, a Welsh philosopher and a, uh, Uteritan- a Uteritan minister, and to his friends. In the essay, Franklin proposed that there should be a scientific study conducted on farts and that researchers should develop a drug to make the act of farting less offensive. 
So Valium? I don't know. <laughs> he believed in casual sex. Boom. Franklin had a rather robust sex life and fathered as many as 15 bastards. In his essay, Advice on the Choice of a Mistress, he, advi- he advised that young men should choose older women as lovers because, among other things, they would be grateful for the attention. He also noted that one doesn't notice a woman's age in the dark. <laughs> Wait, let's back the truck up. Go hit that last point again for me. I'll try not to again. When you're like, you know, doing the deed. That you, you don't have to do it in the camera. I know what you're referring to, Preston. Okay, so he never patented any of his inventions. He believed that all of his ideas should be free to everybody. So he never put a, a patent on any of them. So he died a poor man. Now... <laughs> He nearly died from cooking a turkey with electricity. Yeah. Yeah. In 1748, he wrote a letter to his friend Peter Collison of Philadelphia in which he described a picnic he was planning on the banks of the Sequoia River. He mentioned that the main course was going to be a turkey. However, he planned on preparing it. A turkey is to be killed for our dinner by electrical shock and roasted by the electrical jack before a fire kindled by electrical bottle. But when he prepared the bird, a flash of light engulfed Franklin, and he had electrocuted himself while trying to cook the turkey. And he was a little <laughs> bit embarrassed by that. So then he moved on to kites and, you know, uh, I love it. And because of the whole kite thing, he was America's first storm chaser. And because of the whole turkey thing, at one point in time, he decided to give up meat and was a vegetarian for part of his life. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's all the weird shit you never knew about our founding father. <laughs> no kidding. And at least 15 other bastards' father as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Ba-dum-ba-dum-boom. Well, that's wicked, man. Didn't I didn't know a lot of that stuff. That's pretty yeah. impressive. Uh, well, there you go, guys. We took you on a wonderful trail of celebrity gossip, right? Boom. Boom. Boom, 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 boom. Well, I say we, we go ahead and cut her off there. It's kind of a lighthearted episode, a little break from some of that deeper, more serious stuff we've been getting into. So, Oh, man, yeah. Check out <laughs> Oh Indeed Podcast with Big Steven and Brady. We do a lot of fun stuff with those guys. We haven't done anything in a while. Maybe we should try yeah, to work out to. a little. We need to do a roundtable. Sp- yeah, special something or other. Or, hell, just get them on our show, man. We could do like a giant. Let's do it. It would be an editing nightmare to put five tracks in there for me to try to cut. But, yeah. Who knew? Yeah, check out them. Rob, what else should we check out? Well, you should probably check out Pixelated Radio with me, Corey, uh, Rich, and Mark. We talk about video game stuff there. The latest episode is kind of a disaster because the audio is all off. I'm hoping this episode of this is not. Also, you should check out the main event podcast with my buddy Evan and his uh, his friend, and I can't think of his name, but I'm going to be on that show uh, next weekend, which should be before... That actually will probably go up before you guys... We put this show up, so if you look nice. for their podcast, I'm supposed to be on there cool, cool. as of right now. Um, so all I got to say is they like to cut their, ro- their uh, wrestling promos and stuff, so, you know, I, I might have to bring out the old perfect gentleman. The old they perfect ready, gentleman. They ain't ready for that shit. <laughs> Yeah, these are they, these young these young bloods don't understand how this old time backyard wrestlers work things. I was the perfect gentleman. I did the fedora drop, yo. You know, so huh. yeah, I had to teach him. I had to teach him a few things about how we wrestled. 
Yeah. Wow. Also, they're going to be doing an extra life charity as well, the same oh, cool. like the weekend before we do ours. Nice. So I told them I was going to probably, if they wanted me, I would do their Cards Against Humanities game and oh. join them for that. So. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah, are they doing so, that over Skype, or how are they doing that? No, they're doing it at a table in their house, but oh, that's they're right. going to they're they're broadcast it. I think they're yeah. probably going to try to broadcast it over over you know YouTube or something. I don't know. Nice, we'll yeah. see. Oh, at least yeah, I could cool. try to get them to do that. So That's cool, man. And check out their episode. Uh, what was it called? The Legend Has Returned. Mm-hmm. Um, I Evan still haven't went, finished that. Oh, man. Did either one of you guys listen to the story, his, his trip Not to the yet. Philippines? Nope. It is not appropriate for young children, but you guys have got to listen to The Legend Has Returned, uh, second to most recent uh, episode of the main event. And Evan goes to the Philippines, and he had quite the episodic adventure there. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Not one for the kiddies to listen to, but by God, I uh, I want to hear the rest of that story. And also uh, Sports Car Unleashed with Rich. He's going to talk a, about racing stuff. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. It's good to have a hobby. And, and speaking blue. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of hobbies and cool stuff that people do, you guys got to check out BigDobsBeardBalm.com. Our buddy uh, at Big Dobbs has some pretty fantastic beard product, especially his Beard Balm. You, you can't see it. Listen, you can hear my beard now, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds like a bunch of angels. Yeah, I know, right? It's gotten yeah. so much softer yeah. since I've used it. probably smells like a bunch of angels, too. The stuff smells great. I love the smell of it. It smells like a good foresty scent. Yeah. And that's just one smell, dude. We're just rocking the classic. There's so many more smells that we could be I don't know why you'd ever leave the classic. Uh, That's true, man. You can't forget the classics, man. Yeah, that's true, man. Don't don't ever break away. I mean, I know there's there's one that's like orange, like citrus, and I don't don't want that because I don't want to eat my face all day if it smells as good as the forest. (laughs) If I ate trees, I wouldn't have a face because I... Yeah, he's got a citrus smell. I think it's like grapefruits and lemon. Uh, he sent one of those to me. It smells really great, but there's no way I would use uh, both of these. Um, so I gave one of them to Stephen of Oh, indeed, Stephen has my citrus can, and he's checking that out, and he really enjoys it too. So yeah, all three of us at Pixelated Paranormal are rocking the old uh, Big Dobbs Beard Balm, and we're all loving it. So check it out. And if you guys want to go on their website to order, use promo code PXL. P-A-R-A. That is our special promo code for the show, and you get 20% off of your order from their website, BigDobsBeardBalm.com. Check it out. they got a lot of other cool stuff, too. Soaps, and I think even some oils, perchance. Uh, hats and t-shirts. All sorts of great stuff. And the soap's fantastic, too. So, by God, use it. And it's made in Nebraska. Damn near local for us here in Wichita. So. Good old U.S. of A. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeedy. So. Made in America. Anybody watch anything good lately? Anybody? Game started of Thrones. Holy Dead. shit. <laughs> you start to fear The Walking Dead, you said, Preston? Yeah. Awesome. No, not too bad. Like I told you, man, it's kind of slow getting started because, again, it is during the outbreak of the initial you know, zombie plague, but it's good. I like it. It's a nice break from the regular Walking Dead if you're yeah. not zombied out, so... Yeah, Rob, you said uh, Game of Thrones, man. Yeah. The last episode. Woo! Yeah. Did you watch it, Presto? No. But you still whistled. I, I appreciate that. You had conviction. <laughs> I thought he watched it by the way he acted. Yeah, no shit. So it's, it's a good episode, too, man. Um, and then Rick and Morty. I haven't seen Pickle Rick yet. I'm going to watch episode three oh, as soon the, as we hit that, stop 
on this I forgot, episode. Yeah, I gotta watch this. You tonight, know, don't. speaking of Rick and Morty, I know that Rick. So your inner Rick, you need to go channel it because he loves the Secessionwan sauce at um, Mickey D's. Uh-huh. But Mickey D's just went up themselves because now they have a Big Mac sriracha sauce that you can dip your nugs in. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dipping you those nugs. nugs. <laughs> oh, good stuff, man. If anybody has Hulu, you guys need to go watch Dirk Gently Holistic Detective Agency. It is one of the best things I've watched in the last like year. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Elijah Wood's in it. It's a uh, pretty fantastic TV show. You'll probably sit there and say, what the fuck's going on the entire time for the entire season? But then at the end, you're like, that was fucking great. So check out that shit. So, all right, guys, let's get out of here. I think we've done enough oh, damage. You forgot. What did I forget? We have one review, a new one. Ooh. Yeah, another five star review from a listener named Chug Nuts. <laughs> wait, Titled, do we actually know Chug Nuts? I don't know. We might. No, wait. Is it we Chug might. Nuts or Chung? Chung? Chung Nuts. We have to spell check everything for this guy, folks. But yeah. I'll keep you on the right path. Chung Nuts. Titled love this show I have an hour commute to and from work five days a week every time I get a notification that a new episode is available I get excited because I know there is some entertainment on the way for that next day keep it up guys Chung and he nuts. didn't say that notification was for us. He just said that every time there's a notification, he gets excited. He didn't say it was our show. It's probably Don't Mysterious to Rob, Universe. Chung nuts. We're excited that we help your hour commute. From yeah, work. most definitely, We're glad man. We can be a part of that. That you take us on the road everywhere you go. Yeah, man, man. We should start making some more episodes some way or another. Even if it's a couple specials. No. Start. start yeah. So you guys for, could do that. I keep on. I keep on saying that. And we did a couple of them. Preston and I should jump on and do a couple more just filler episodes in the off weeks, man. Just be just to be thankful. It's been a while since I missed an episode. Knock on wood. That's true. Yeah, we are happy to have you back full swing. So, um, but hey, speaking of special episodes, I keep on. I was I was promising this a long time ago. I really want to finish putting together a really good listener episode. So if you guys have any listener stories, please send those to us. Um, we've got an email, pixeladedparanormal at gmail dot com. Send that our way. We have a phone number too. Um, I will. You don't have that handy, do you, Rob? <laughs> no, but and we always tag it at the end of the episode, so listen to the oh, that's uh, true. Perfect. The outro, yeah, yeah. and it's got all the information on there. Yeah, send us some listener stories. I've got a fair bit saved up here, but what I want to do, I think I'd like to put out two bonus episodes in October um, during our off weeks, and each of those will be <laughs> Rob scratching his face like a madman. But it smells great, doesn't it? That's right. It smells fantastic. <laughs> Rob is subtly telling me to go fuck myself via the fingertips under the chin forward, but I think he's trying to just waft in that aroma of that classic beard that's, balm. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, what I want to do is send uh, two bonus episodes in October in each of those Be Listener Story uh, episodes. So shoot us your listener stories. Record them. Send me an MP3 file. Send us a story. I can read it. You can remain anonymous. I can tell them your name. Um, I can give a first name. I don't have to give any name. I'll make a name up for you. We just want to get some of those true life stories that you've encountered because what we love about paranormal is almost everybody has that one thing that happened that they can't quite explain tell us what yours was and we'll uh, we'll read it on air for those two special episodes in october perfecto all right with that we say thank you so much and we will catch you next time what peace rob's rob's giving two thumbs up (laughs) i was giving a thumbs up
Hitting the nug sauce. <laughs> Dipping the these nugs in the nug sauce. What? <laughs> the cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. I was going to say, do you think it'd be all right if we could just podcast tonight? Hey, jealousy. Hey, jealousy. Do you think it'd be all right if I could just crash here tonight? Hey, you can see I'm in no shape for driving. And anyway, I got no Are you just place making shit to go. Up? And you know it might not be that bad. You are the best I ever had. If I hadn't blown the whole if thing was years drunk ago, tonight. I might not be alone. Aww. That is in the song. That's, I've got the lyrics pulled up right here. Jealousy. Yeah, but I think you're ad-libbing some of it. It's just not quite right. I, I think he, he said something about the best podcast he's ever had. Dun, 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 dun. Uh.